I got to tell you, I hope you're worshiping because all I could do to stand still there for just a minute. You know, I'm not supposed to be a dancer, but I was, I was dancing right here, you know. Oh, thank you. Thank you for the worship and the praise. And you know what? We've been doing that all week here, have we? Anybody here say that? We have. We prayed together. We lived together. We walked together. We're walking in Jesus Christ together. Uh, that's kind of an exciting thing, isn't it? It's been such a blessing this week because we've been able to interact with the people here. And I've got to tell you, there's some great people in the Lord right here, sitting right here with us today. And it is really such a pleasure. What a joy. What a blessing to be able to worship together and to walk together in Jesus Christ. For the next few weeks, and maybe longer, I don't know, we're, uh, we're going to continue our assessment of our place in God's kingdom. Let me tell you what, Boulevard is here for a reason. God has placed you here for a reason. And he's given you a commission and he's given you a commandment. We're going to talk about that here this morning. So we're going to look in his word. And uh, as it affects us this morning about evangelism, we've said, we've already said that we're here uh, for evangelism, discipleship, fellowship, ministry, and worship. Those five things, we're going to be focusing on that. But today we're going to talk about evangelism. Reaching people for Jesus Christ all around you. Let me tell you something, you do that every day. You're a witness for him every day, everywhere you go. Uh, My prayer this morning is that we speak God's word concerning our walk, that, that we will see how we pour out our walk with Jesus Christ in the world around us. You know, we, we, there's a lot of discussions, theological discussions, but everybody here is a minister. Did you know that? Everybody, as a matter of fact, when we took communion a while ago, that was a great way to take communion this morning because we actually got to take it the right way. We got to take it and meditate about what our Lord's done for us, coming before him, confessing, and remembering him. And let me tell you, when you did that, when you know what scripture says, it says you proclaim the gospel message. You're preachers. Huh? What? You're, yes, you're proclaimers of Jesus Christ everywhere you go and everywhere you walk, how you live out your life. We're going to talk about that this morning. I'm praying for everyone here that as you get up in the morning, it's a daily walk. As you get up in the morning, that you'll pray about how you prepare yourself to take God's message to everyone around you. You know, if, to your work colleagues, to your family, to the people you meet, the people you wave at in the grocery store. Or, I wish Chuck was here, you know, my, my mailman or whatever. Uh, you know, you do. You, but do you really know him? You know what? They see Jesus in you if he's living through you. And my prayer is that we'll prepare every day to take that message with us as we walk in the Lord. And let me tell you what, this morning when we were asking... We're going to assess ourselves, and we're going to do this again on Wednesday night, talk about this. We're actually going to take a poll. I hope you'll come on Wednesday nights, because we had a prayer meeting Wednesday night, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Amen? Yeah, I see it. We did. We prayed to our Lord. We met him. We adored him. We confessed him. We thanked him for all that he is. And we also thanked him for the supplication that he gives, the things he supplied us with. You know what? He's pleased with that. That's, that's the, way, the right way to meet the Lord, isn't it? I hope you'll come back on Wednesday night because we're going to talk about on Wednesday night this time, all of us together. You know, none of us, <laughs> none of us really afraid. I don't think anybody was afraid Wednesday night, were you? Anybody? No, we, we, we really all talked like we're brothers and sisters in Christ, which we are. And we're following him, are we not? 
Yeah, we're not following a man. We're not following a theology or, 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 or any kind of institution. We're following Jesus Christ. That's why we go to his word. You know, don't ever put that down. So this morning we're going to talk about evangelism. And I want you to stop and assess yourself. How well am I doing at this? And, and, and make a decision about how you're sharing Jesus Christ or to make a decision to share Jesus Christ in all that you do as you walk every day, every step. And here's the thing. We're not looking for someone to, to come up with some kind of some response that, you know, jump up and down and do double back flips or anything like that. What, what, we're, what we're looking for is for someone to make a decisive turn in your life, to make a decisive step towards sharing the gospel with Jesus Christ. Will you pray with me as we begin this? Lord, the one that we've sung to this morning, you are the everlasting God. You're always there and you always will be. And Lord, you've called us. Lord, you've shown us your love by Jesus dying on the cross for us. Nothing that we could do on our own. In no way we can work towards you, even today. All we do, Lord, is receive your love and love you back by obeying you and following you. Lord, this morning, we, we seek you. We seek your, your word, your truth. So, Lord, as we look in this word this morning, show us, Lord. We bear our hearts before you. We don't want to have any preconceived things coming here this morning. Lord, we just bear our hearts before you. Show us in your word, plain and simple, and then empower us, Lord. Convict us and empower us, Lord, to follow you in all that we do. All, Lord, for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to begin this morning in Mark. I mean, Matthew, I'm sorry, Matthew 22. Yeah, don't take that. I'm going to use a lot of scripture here this morning, not a lot, but I'm going to have about 10 or 11, 12 different scriptures. If you want to write them down, feel free. Go back and look at this and see how God speaks to your heart this morning during this, this preaching, but also how he speaks to you later on when you've had time to meditate on it. I'm going to start in Mark 22. This is what's called the... Matthew, thank you. Matthew 20. Thank you, Christy. We do that a lot on Saturday nights. They correct me a lot. but You don't have to correct it because I'm going to read God's word. That's already the truth, is it not? Matthew 22, 34, beginning there. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. And one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to them, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. The Pharisees knew that commandment. They they knew it every day. As a matter of fact... The, the, the uh, really serious Jews, uh, we, have a, we have one ministry over in, in the Hasidic community, um, the Sephardic Jews, they actually recite this three times a day. Uh, they, they begin with the Shema, you, you've heard, everybody heard that, Shema, Adonai, Elikeinu, Adonai, means the Lord our God is one God, and then they say, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your mind, 
all your soul and all your mind. Do that three times a day. But here's what had happened back in Jesus' day. The Jews had come in, all these Jewish experts, these theologians had come in, and they said, well, you know what, we really can't, if we're going to do that, let's pick out some that we know we can do. So they picked out about 600 different, over 600 different precepts to live by based on their own understanding and their own ability to accomplish it. Hmm, does that sound like something we may have done sometime in our lives? Mm-hmm. And they would use the ones that are most convenient for them so everybody else could follow them. Well, here in Matthew 22, they were asking Jesus, so of the 600 that we picked out, which one do you think is the most important? Hmm. So Jesus, God incarnate, remember that, went back and reminded them what he had already told Moses where they got the law several hundred years before, right? So, but then Jesus added a second one. One they didn't ask for. He said, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Hmm. So, is God's people being made in the image of God and loving as he loves, being like him, right? You can't help but love others who are created by him. And to make it even more convincing, Jesus was reminding them of the rules that God had given them back in Deuteronomy, or in Leviticus, I guess, instructing them how to to live with foreigners, aliens, the ones who weren't Jews. You see, that's something that we forget sometimes when we go back and read the Old Testament. Yes, God chose the Jews to take the message about his salvation to the rest of the world, and that's where the Messiah came from, wasn't it? But they were to take it to the whole world. And by their their rules, the world was to see how different they were, that God had set them aside and made them different. So they were to abide by those rules, even though they couldn't. But he was guiding them, right? And he wanted the rest of the world to see that. Uh, Those are the rules rules that uh, in Leviticus 9 uh, was about how to treat foreigners, how to treat aliens. And he summarized them. Right here in verse 18 in, in, uh, that we read a while ago, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. So the Lord gave that, that rule. So, so Jesus telling, is telling his listeners um, that all who truly love God will show his love to brothers and sisters in faith and those who are not of the faith. You get that? We're supposed to love everybody. And show them God living in us. That's really why we're here, isn't it? You know, if, if that wasn't the truth, then he would have just taken us on to heaven when you are saved, right? But how would you have heard? Oh, well, we'll get to that one another day. All God's children are made in the image of God, of their creator. And they could and should walk in his love. How are they going to see his love if we don't show them? You know, there's so many, how many times people make you mad? Me, especially, on the, on the beltway, you know? You don't really say anything nice about them, do you? Do you ever? I don't. I do. I do, too. You ever pray for them? I've done that. That'll change your whole attitude. That may, may cause a wreck. <laughs> Think about it. But Jesus says they're all, we're all made in the same image of God. And instead of prioritizing um, the law like the Pharisees were trying to get him to do, Jesus makes this a remarkable statement that only God can make. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Actually, in, in the Hebrews, they had hinged on that. 
Everything is hinged around that. Those are, that's where it's fixed. That was a pretty bold statement, wasn't it? How does a mere mortal man speak with authority like that? Hmm, how could he do that? Especially in front of the Pharisees, I mean, goodness gracious. And you know what? Jesus answered that question at Calvary, didn't he? He wasn't just a mere mortal man. Jesus is God. He's God's son. And he said in John 14, the Father and I are one. So Jesus and God are one. And when he was suffering with all that pain on the cross, dying at man's hand, he, put, he also rose again, didn't he? And where does he live today? I hope everybody here can tell me. He's right here, doesn't he? As we receive him and walk with him. Look, these two great commandments, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself, they're for everyone. They're not just for the Jews. or They're for everyone who believes in the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's kind of hard to do, isn't it? If you take up your cross daily, as Jesus said in Luke 9, 23, if you take up your cross daily and follow him, you're going to find how easy it is or how hard it is to love people who don't necessarily love you. We're going to have to show them Christ's love, aren't we? And I've got to tell you, I'm not real good at doing that with fist fights or yelling and screaming or any of that. I have to show them God's love, don't we? Um, how about that? Have you ever told anybody about Jesus by just how you act? Have you ever told anybody about Jesus, your, your life story, how he's changed your life? Hmm. You really don't have to get out there with a, you know, a five-point plan or the Roman road or something like that. That's good to know and good to have all of that. But you know what? Your testimony is your testimony. And how Christ has changed your life, he hasn't changed anybody else's life. That, But the fact that he has changed your life is what people need to see and they need to know. They can see that difference and they and, it doesn't have to be a three-point sermon and a poem at all. All it has to be is you telling them how Jesus has changed you and how he is changing you. He is not finished. Anybody here finished? Yeah, okay, I just want to be sure. He's not finished with any of us, is he? He's not going to be finished with us until he takes us home. Um, these are not, you've heard this before. We talked about this earlier. These are not the great suggestions. These are the great commandments. And they're Christ's commandments to all of his followers, all of his disciples. You know what disciples means? Disciples actually means learners. Followers and learners. You know, you disciple somebody, you discipline them, we get all messed up on that. No, it's, it's a follower of Jesus Christ, a learner. Are you learning from him every day? I hope you are. Because let me tell you, he's, there's a lot to know. And you know, I have to go to him every day. I do. And learn from him every day. That's why I have to stay buried in his word. Uh, here's the thing. These are, these are not just suggestions. They are commandments. And he's given us. He's ordained us, commissioned us, set us aside to go out and tell them what he's told us to tell them. Look at, this. Look, look, look at the great commission. It's different than the great commandment, right? The great commission in Matthew 28. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, to make disciples of every people group, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And look as he's rising to heaven. Look, 
I am with you always, even to the ends of the age. Does that stir your heart? Does that move you? I hope it does. Jesus has declared that he's in charge. We serve the guy who's in charge. We just sang about that, didn't we? You believe that? Celebrate that. We serve the man in charge. He's commissioned us with all of his authority. And he has all the authority, doesn't he? He's God. And God's given him authority over everything. He just told us that. Hmm. He's promised you with all the authority of the eternal God that he will be with you in every situation and everything. Why do we worry? We asked that. Ed asked that just a couple of weeks. Why do we worry? What are you worried about? You know, I, I understand I, I don't want to get beat up. I don't want to get pounded in the ground. That hurts. It hurts my physical body. Let me tell you what. Nothing can separate me from the love of Christ and my eternal life in him. And you know what? This is Jesus' commandment. And here's something you ought to know. It's his last commandment on earth. And it's to you and me. As he is ascending into heaven. He commissions you and me to make disciples. That's learners and followers of him. And he commissions us on his infinite authority. It's given to him by God the Father. With his infinite and eternal love that he showed us on the cross what are we worried about what is there to worry about look at verse 18 and Jesus came to them and said all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me only God can make a statement with perfect assurance like that Jesus claimed that all authority in heaven and earth has been given to him let me tell you what Jesus is God there's a lot of people running around out there that want to argue with you about that uh, know it. Read your Bible. Jesus is God. He's died for sin, and he's triumphed over guilt and condemnation, and the only one that can pour that guilt and condemnation on you make you feel bad is Satan himself. Jesus has overcome all of that. We don't have anything to worry about. Jesus has conquered all that. And because Jesus has triumphed, and he's done it so gloriously, glory to the Father, over guilt and condemnation, suffering and death. Listen to this. So God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord to the glory of God. We sang that too a while ago, didn't we? What a great worship session, huh? We're singing scripture. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to Jesus. All authority. He has authority over anything that Satan can do or throw at us. I mean, he has authority over all creation, everything that's made, you and me. And, and, you know, if we're sick, if we're carrying some disease, he has authority over that. He has authority over everything, over back aches. <laughs> he has authority over everything, doesn't he? Uh, that means anything that's happening out there, you know, the, the, the floods, the fires, the earthquakes, and all that. He has authority over that. And yet, we're worried about what that's going to do to us. Hmm. All the diseases, everything. There's nothing on heaven and earth on which Jesus does not have authority. Do you believe that? 
Will you think about that? Will you meditate on that? When we're, we're, we think we're suffering or we're afraid? Let me tell you what, I'll confess to you right now, admit to you right now. You know, there's been a lot of fears in our lives. And you know what? You guys coming along walking with us, that's overcome a lot of fears because I saw Jesus in you. Thank you. You accept that? Yeah, thank you for that, folks. We're all walking together with Jesus. We're following him. And he overcomes everything we have because he has authority over it. Let's just skip over. Look at 20b. And he says, and behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the earth. (laughs) He never leaves us. He's not going to leave us. We're walking with him. We received him. And that's his promise from his eternal love for you. And please notice this. And, and, and it's personal. It's not for the masses. It's personal with each and every one here. Do you know that Jesus Christ loves you personally? Now, that's a God. I mean, if he could know me out of all the billions of people on this earth and all the universe and everything about it, you know, first of all, it's embarrassing. <laughs> But he does. He knows each and every person here. And he loves you. So much so that he died for you. That's personal. Mm. And he says, it's personal when he says, I am with you. That means I'm with you. It's in the singular. This is Jesus talking directly to his disciples, his learners and followers. That's us, right? We already agreed to that. If you're his disciple, see who is giving you his comfort. Jesus is. It's not your congressman. It's not your, your, your banker. I'm sorry. I mean, if anybody, I know several are. It's not your banker, anybody like that. It's Jesus that gives you that comfort to live your life out. It's Jesus with all authority over every enemy, every disease, every, every catastrophe, Every calamity, everything that could happen to us promised to be with you. Can you take that personally? You know, God told his people that. And he was talking to the whole nation. He told Jeremiah, and he's talking to them about he is their God. He is our God. He told Jeremiah. For this, he's talking about the covenant that he's going to make when Jesus comes. He says, for this covenant that I will make, declares the Lord, I will put my law within them and I will write it on their hearts and I will be their God and they will be my people. And then later on in in chapter 32, he says, I will make with them an everlasting covenant. He makes an everlasting covenant with you and me through Jesus Christ that I will not turn away from doing good to them. Hmm. He tells us in Romans 8, 28, and you know, I'll work everything for good for those who are called according to my purpose, right? And he, he told us through his, his message, messenger, Isaiah, he said, I will strengthen you, I will help you, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. God's holding us up. What do we have to be afraid of? You know, we can face the worst threats that the world has and, and say with Apostle Paul, at my first defense, no one came to stand by me, but all deserted me. 
may it not be charged against them. But the Lord stood by me and strengthened me so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. So I was rescued from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil deed and bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Ever find yourself alone working for the Lord? Have you ever been pushed away because you said, I'm, I believe in Jesus Christ? And I'm not going to do anything to dishonor him. Have you ever been there? What if it cost you everything? Your life, your career, whatever. Everything in this world. You don't have to worry about it, do you? Hmm. The one who has all authority in heaven and earth. It's personal. Let me tell you something else. It's perpetual. This is a preacher's trick. I have three Ps here. If you want to remember this, <laughs> it's personal and it's perpetual. And behold, I am with you when? Always. Mm. Literally all the days in the, in the original language. That means no breaks, no commercials, no time to stop down and rest. You know, if we don't take a break or any of that kind of stuff. That's Jesus. We do. I don't want you. I can't make it. This all powerful, this all ruling Christ doesn't take breaks. For you, he doesn't take breaks. Wow. I, I, if that doesn't encourage you when you're down, I don't know what will, you know. Go to him. He's right there. He loves you. He never leaves you. And when you feel weak and you can't do anything, he can. And you know why? He wants you to be there. Because that's when you have to place all of your faith in him for his strength. You know, even a. Even though he slay me, I'm still his. And he works all things for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Uh, Hebrews 13, 5 says, And be content with what you have, for he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He doesn't. We need to be content with what we have, don't we? And how long does this promise, this Last four, he says, and behold, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. So it's not only personal, it's not only perpetual, it's permanent. There you go, there's the other one. As long as the world lasts, Jesus will be with us to the end of the world. Look, this is the loving assurance. The one who has conquered everything, Jesus Christ, has conquered all of his enemies, there's no threat anymore. The one who's died for us has triumphed for us. He's already won everything. This is the one who perfectly assures us by promising us that he will be with us continually to the end of the age and to, and to do us good and to bring us safely where to everlasting joy at his side to worship with him forever and ever. I'm, I want to be there. You? Yeah. Finally. In verse 19, this is his last command. It says, this last command is built on his claim of infinite authority and as God. And, and he's, his loving assurance that he gives us, since all authority belongs to Christ and, and since he will be with us always to the end of the age, he says, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. 
baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Now, that one is packed. Oh, I'd love to unpack that one this morning. We're going to be here till this afternoon. So let me help you with it here just a little bit. It says, it says, go into all the world. Let me tell you what, you and I have already gone. We're there. We are here today. Jesus has placed us. God's plan has placed all of us here together. He's not surprised by anybody that's here this morning. You may be surprised you're here. But let me tell you what, he's not at all. And let me tell you that word, originally in the, in the original Greek, it's, it's an aorist participle for those of you who are syntactically oriented. It, that actually means that something that's happened in the past, fixed. So we, it actually says, having gone. We have gone, and we're here. So what are we supposed to do while we're here? <laughs> Teach them all that Christ command. Baptizing them. Now, here's another thing we need to talk about sometime. We won't go into detail today. Baptizing means totally submersed. You know, like we do up here in the baptistry, but submersed in all that Christ taught. We are to submerse everybody around us in his word and his teaching as his disciples. That's what we need to be doing. So let me tell you something else. This is the way I read this. You can argue with me later. I believe everybody here is a teacher. I think everybody here is going to go out and teach because Jesus is living in you. And you know his word, and you're, you're baptized in it. So we need to go out and, and bring people to Christ by baptizing them in his word and all that he taught us. You know what that means? And it says all nations, that's ethnos, it means all people groups, every people group. So that means every culture, every group, a society, every religion, every language, that's everybody. Now, can you think of anybody around you that's exempt from this list? And here's another thing. This is my personal opinion. I think because we have not gone out into the world, we haven't gone out into the world like we're supposed to, or I think the Lord's bringing them to us. We've never had so many different cultures. We've never been surrounded by so many different cultures than we are right now. And every one of them needs to know Jesus Christ. He died for them all, and all who will receive him will be with him forever in heaven. There's nobody around us that Jesus did not die for. We need to baptize them in his word. What are we afraid of? We have the authority. We've been commissioned by Jesus. Why don't we do it? Show them everywhere. You know what? When you're in the grocery store line, it's okay to just Notice somebody having a problem or something and say, you know what, thank you, Lord, and let me help this lady. If you say that out loud, you're going to find somebody say, whoa, who are you talking to? Oh, it's okay, I walk with Jesus. They're going to either think you're crazy, but they're going to see his love. You know, I, I, yeah, I've had a few people think that's okay. <laughs> but this, this breaks all the barriers. You know, I mean, it doesn't make any difference if they're a, a, a Methodist or a, or, a, or a Baptist or a Jew or a Muslim or a Hindu or whatever. Um, it, 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 they all need to know Jesus and need to walk with him and be discipled in his word. Jesus commanded us to go and make disciples among every people, every kind. See, Christianity is a missionary faith. The rest of them aren't. They want to beat them into, the king, into their belief system. Have you noticed that? Uh, that's not the way it works. 
We don't go out with guns and guns and whatever swords. You know, actually, I do have this sword, the sword that God gave me. And let me tell you what, that's sharper than any two-edged sword out there in battle. God's word says that. In John nineteen thirty-six, Jesus declared uh, to Pilate and for all the world to know, "My kingdom is not of this world." I remember that. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not have delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not from the world. And then in 2 Corinthians 10, 4, Paul said, For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh. Whoa. That'll make you think twice about punching that guy up on it. Or pulling the guy over in the beltway or what I'm kidding. Yeah. You know what? We pray for him. We've got to show him Jesus living in us. You know what? We have spiritual weapons. And they're the best ones there are. Have you ever done this? Someone just loses their temper and they're ready to go, yeah, and you just stop and pray for them in front of them? Or just stop at peace and let Jesus do his work through you? It, it, it will blow your mind when that happens because everything changes. They have, to, they have to look at Jesus, not you, not me. You have to look at him, and they'll see that. Uh, try that. And anybody that comes back with a black, black eye, I'll go back out with you. How's that? <laughs> mm. We have spiritual weapons. We make disciples with truth and prayer. We're prayer warriors, too, aren't we? We're seeing that. Did we see that Wednesday night? I want to tell you, I wanted to just get up and hug everybody Wednesday night because we were all praying together. We were in battle together, weren't we? Before our Lord. We make, we make our, uh, our battle weapons are truth, prayer, love, sacrifice, just like Jesus showed us. And Jesus told his disciples in Luke 10, 3, he says, Go your way. Behold, I am sending you as lambs into the midst of wolves. Well, this lamb has met a lot of wolves. Um, but Jesus is always there. Uh, I'll share with you sometimes some of the things maybe that we've been through in our lives that are just incredible. But i got to tell you, we stood with Jesus, and he stood with us when the rest of the world didn't. Um, and we, we, we relied on his truth, placed our faith in him and him only, even when it didn't look like there was anything, any other way out. Jesus is with us always, and Jesus is what the world needs to know and see. So there you have the word of God from the mouth of Jesus, and he, his bold claim that all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, his assurance is that I'm with you always to the end of the age. And the last command, go therefore to make disciples of all the people of the world. You know what? That's pretty clear, isn't it? I don't think you can get any clearer than that. He tells us to act. He doesn't say, oh, okay, why don't you just take it easy there now that you've been saved? You know, enjoy all the things around you. Enjoy all those worldly things. They're a lot of fun, aren't they? Huh? That's not what he says at all. He says, you know what? You have a life eternal. Beyond this world, we have peace and joy that no one can even understand in this world. He's given that to us. If we've received him, 
That's a gift from God himself. So he didn't say just stop and enjoy the earth. He says, as a matter of fact, you're separate from it. As a matter of fact, I have to tell you, folks, um, we are actually called by God himself a peculiar people. Peculiar actually means special in the, in the language. We're special to God, but we are really strange to the world around us, aren't we? <laughs> That's okay. I don't mind being strange for Christ. Um, he says, go and make disciples. And that's not all. He also gives us his authorization. He's the one that's commissioned us. He's the one that's authorized us. God himself has authorized you to go and tell the world about Jesus and what he's done in your life. Whoa, how can we hide that? How can we not do that? Uh, and he gives us this tremendous encouragement and assurance and comfort and strength to go. It's by his might that we do everything, by his strength. Yeah. And Jesus ended his earthly life with these words because he wanted us to respond. He wants us to respond. He wants us to act. He wants us to do something. And that's go and tell the world about him. So I'm going to tell you what. Now it's time for us to respond. My prayer is that everyone here will take the next step to share the gospel. You know it. You know him. He puts it in you. And I hope you read about his, his, what he teaches us every day of your life. And you know, let me say something about that real quick. If you're reading God's word, you know, because this is my day, I have to read this today. And you know, I'm, I'm on a schedule myself to read the Bible through. But I also read where he leads me to, plus all that. So if you're doing it just because it's perfunctory or because it's on a schedule or something like that, that's okay. But don't ever read it without the Holy Spirit. Unless the Holy Spirit goes with you when you read that word, just put it down. Because all you're doing is putting it here. You know, we went through that in seminary. Uh, not that that was wrong in seminary. But, but, you know, you learn all this stuff. You've got to make an A on this test. You've got to get it all right, you know. You know, one, one, of the, one of the dreaded questions in seminary was, do you know the story of, the, of feeding the 5,000? And, of course, you always say yes. And they say, name them. <laughs> you know, every theology, seminary student might worry about it. That's not what we're here to do. What is the Lord teaching you in his word, in your heart? How is he changing you today? Praise him. Glorify him for that. And that's what you take and you tell the world all around you. I'm praying that everybody here will take that preparation every morning before you go out into the world and pray, Lord, here are you. Live in me. What can I do? I'm following you. I'm placing my faith in you, not in something that I... I may have worked out in my mind or something. I'm placing my faith in you, in you only. You know what? And if you're timid about sharing the gospel, uh, you think you don't know enough, please come. Fellowship. Come with us on Wednesday nights. You know, if you want to have Bible studies, we're all about Bible studies. You want to have a Bible study during the day, during the night, middle of the morning, give me a call. I mean that, don't I? I got shaking heads back here. You know, we meet, we meet at all times just to study God's word together because we're here to take it to the world. So, you know, I would love for you to come and say, you know what, I want, I want to have a Bible study. I want to know how to share. Come, let's set up a time and let's do that.
Boy, I'm really putting me out on the line, aren't I, huh? It's okay. We're here for the Lord. So if you're timid, that's okay. Come. And uh, if you don't know enough, be assured by his never-ending love and his, his, his never-ending assurance that you belong to him. And he will teach you. He will grow you. He will build you up. And let me tell you what. If you are accomplished at sharing the gospel, come. Let's meet together and let's all learn together how we can share God's word. Some are good at it. Some aren't. That's eh, okay. We all have it. And we're all to share it, are we not? We're all working out our salvation in him, with him. Amen? Yeah. Will you pray about that as we leave here this morning? Pray about how God is working in your heart. And if you want to talk about it, please come. Let's talk. Let's talk about how we do that. God has put us here for a purpose. I know that. Meeting with, with, you, with many of you this week, God has put us here for a reason. The fields are ripe with harvest out here. There's a lot of people that are ready to come to Jesus Christ. Yeah. Let's do this together, can we? You pray about that? Yeah. Dear Lord, your word, so powerful. Your power living in us. Oh, Lord, thank you for it. Thank you, Lord, for sending us, for authorizing us, Lord, for commissioning us right here before you to take your word to the world. Oh, Lord, fill us in such a way. Give us your leadership. We follow you. No person, we follow you, Lord. Teach us, Lord. Help us to bind together as followers of yours, individually and collectively, Serving you, Lord, taking your gospel to the world all around us. And, Lord, would you open our hearts and our minds to your word as we continue to seek you and and, and find what you would have us to do here. Lord, make it clear. Each and every person here, Lord, I know, is gifted in a different way. You gifted them, not the world. Lord, you gifted everybody here in a different way. So, Lord, show us what that is and how we can work with you, walking with you according to your perfect plan. And, Lord... I pray that you would give us the opportunity and Holy Spirit, the right things to say to tell people about Jesus. In your precious name, we ask and pray and wait on you. Amen.